Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank So Jamie in the grand honoured tradition of us uh, only getting to the joke, uh, you know, minutes, hours, days, in this case, a full week uh, after the kind of uh, the setup coming, uh, I have uh, a fun way to begin the episode, Jamie, which is to ask uh, if you were to commit a heist, one, <laughs> what would you heist? Two, who would you heist it with? Okay. So and three, how is... many people do you need? I guess that comes two and then two should be three. So I I can see exactly what's happened here, Alexander. Firstly, uh, well, no, it's not firstly. There's one thing. There's one thing that has happened. uh, And that is that last week, Alyssa uh, barged in and and commandeered the the opening of the podcast when she was on to review (coughs) Ocean's 8. Therefore, you clearly had an idea for the opening of that podcast, which is what you've said just now. And you've gone, ooh, why come up with a new thing when I could just use the old thing? Irrelevant if it's absolutely nothing to do with this week's film, for which I would say there were many opening... Th- th- this uh, this film uh, has many concepts rife for opening bits worth. Uh, Jamie, uh, you don't know how this was going to go. All right, don't worry. The important thing is fourth thing... That that's right, Jamie. There was a secret fourth thing. What's the twist? All right, Jamie? What's the twist in your heist? Okay. There's got to well, be like a, a reality-breaking twist in your heist. Okay. Uh, so first step, okay, what are you so, stealing? Okay, so what am I stealing? Um, The crown jewels so that I get to make dick jokes the entire time. <laughs> that, that, okay. that, is, that is easy, number one with a bullet. I want to be able to make dick jokes on my heist, therefore I will be stealing the crown jewels. Um, who am I doing it with? Well, how many do you need? How many people do you reckon you need? How many people do I need to... How many people do I need (laughs) to uh, service my crown jewels, Alexander? I don't know. (laughs) Many! Um, I'm going to say with a a, a strong core of five. It's going to be me and four others. You've got the getaway driver. You've got fingers the person who who just at, apparently the person who in a crew who steals things is the person who steals things very important uh, key person to have on all heist um so yeah. we've got the getaway driver we've got obviously got me the mastermind uh got the getaway driver got the fingers um got the person who's going to get caught that's that's really their only i don't know what role they're supposed to be fulfilling but they're going to be the person who gets caught uh and then of course the muscle Mm. so which one am i Uh, muscle right i'm the muscle i'm obviously the muscle right you know yeah yeah, totally. You were definitely in my plans, and and the muscle. It you are correct. We Gar. have our muscle sorted. Fantastic. So what's the twist? Um, right, you got to twist it, Jamie. You just twist it. I want you to take that plot, okay? And then I want you to take uh, the plot from another movie, and then I want you to stick it on that last last act. Okay, easy, easy, absolutely, one hundred percent. Helen Mirren 
is going to rock up. She is the queen, obviously. Um, she's going to rock up. Everyone else is going to be like, what? He's caught. And then, and then she's going to just slowly stare us in the eyes and go, well, we've got to be quick if we're going to do this. The queen was on my side the whole time, Alexander. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jamie, 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 Jamie. I'm sorry, all right? But I was shot down from just reusing concepts from last week. That is just a regular twist for a heist. I'm talking about a full-on <laughs> genre twist, okay? So, for instance, a heist movie where at the end Samuel L. Jackson says I need to talk to you about the heist initiative <laughs> would be fucking great. Um, I, I guess this we, is the Fast and the Furious yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we had not got to the post-credits stinger, Alexander. For God's sake, now you have spoiled my movie. And thus, I must move on and say hello! Welcome to Blanks Bank, season two, the Hathaway Stashaway. I'm Jamie Loxon, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al! Hello, Al. How are you doing this week, Jamie? Terrible. I, I've immediately overexerted myself by doing that that screaming. Uh, I, As I said to you before the podcast, I'm very hungover. Uh, we had our housewarming last night. I was up until three in the morning. Uh, and then got woken up by fucking roadworks outside my house at eight in the morning on a Saturday. And I am furious. They were only there for like an hour. They did it from eight until nine. Just come later, you fucks. <laughs> I could understand if you had like a whole day's worth of work. You were like, shit, gotta get started early. I'm fairly sure it's illegal. Anyway, um, so that was horrible. And then I spent my morning with uh, four other uh, varying states of hungover people uh watching this movie which as we will come to find out all not i mean very i'm very glad that i was in company i'll say that i'm glad there were other people to experience this movie with me um how are you doing alexander better than me i hope I mean, yeah, I hope so too. I've been watching uh, a TV show which actually is maybe similar in quality to uh, this, which of course is Nine Perfect Strangers, starring uh, everyone's favourite uh, Monk Jianyu, uh, specifically Manny Jacinto. Uh, is is he as sexy in uh, in this as he th- as they hide he, him from being in Good Place? Here's the thing I don't like. Oh, well, at least in the good in the good place, they make him out to be more of a hottie than Chidi, who is also a, like a certified ripped ass hot dude. Yeah. Um, but I guess everyone in Hollywood is to some extent. Uh, what I find funny about this is so obviously in the good place, um, close your ears if you haven't watched the good place. Go watch the good place if you haven't. Uh, but it'd be like thirty seconds. Uh, obviously, he plays Gianni, the incredible uh, Taiwanese monk. Uh, but actually, it's Jason Mendoza who is, you know, dumb as shit and great. So, although, Wait, it, are you are you worried about spoiling the first episode of the Good Place, mm, or are you about to the, give a bigger spoiler? No, 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 that's the second or third episode. Yeah, spoiler, I, so. I don't think it's that. J- much yeah, of a Jamie, spoiler. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. So people, people really care, right? They, they, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. I love that show. I love it. Anyway. However, the tw- uh, not a twist. In this TV show, he just plays Gianni. Like, he 100% apparently got typecast in a role in which he doesn't actually play in The Good Place. In The Good Place, he pretends to be a mystical monk. In this, he is just a kind of, like, Eastern healer. Like, it, sorry, uh, as in, like, I feel that's the archetype he has put in. I yes. think he's just, is he, playing, like, a mystical dude who, um, like, not mystical, aloof and ethereal dude is i'm I'm looking at photos of him uh, in this uh just now Um, is the facial hair crucial to the character or can i write a complaint (laughs) because this is some badass fucking bad bad ass as in not good fucking facial hair this is that's trash honestly like 
I, I, I maintain someone saw The Good Place, someone saw him, and then literally someone saw Donkey Doug from The Good Place, who plays his father in The Good Place, and was like, what if we just made Manny Jacinto look like Donkey Doug? And then that's what they did. It's really weird. I don't know why. All right? It's confusing. Have you have you Googled Donkey Doug? Uh, I, I mean, I've seen the show. I know who I know who it is. Yeah, he's got the nice mustache. Yes. He's got the, yeah, yeah. the long hair. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. A, it's no, a look. It, it makes he's me hot. sad. He has, sex with, he has sex with Nicole Kidman, who plays a weird Russian lady. It's a weird show. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone with this facial hair should get to have sex with Nicole Kidman. That I feel like that is unfair. Uh, I feel like should it should immediately rule you out from most sexual activities. Um, but I guess the jawline is helping him. Um, right. We should get into this, Alexander, because I feel like we're going to have a lot to say. Um, if you want to know why we're doing what we're doing, well, you know, aliens invaded. They want us to join the United States of space uh, and prove prove humanity's worth by showing Tom Hanks movies. It didn't work, so they blew up half the world. I died a couple times. I came back mostly raccoon, and now we are finding movies to rise back, uh, to galvanize humanity, fight back against the aliens. Uh, if you want more detailed, go listen to another episode. You fucks! So, uh, this week we are watching Serenity. Uh, not... The Good Serenity from, uh, I believe, around 2012, made by Joss Whedon, and as far as I can tell, is a like a Firefly sort of spin-off thing. Yes, I don't know. It's a, is a epilogue. It's it's set in the world of Firefly. I believe it has characters from Firefly in it. Yeah, I don't so, quite so know. Brennan, yeah, I saw some of the actors cross, so I assumed it was related. Uh, although I am a bad nerd and have never watched Firefly. Um, it is the 2019 Serenity, uh, starring Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway, uh, as well as Diane Lane, Jason Clarke, uh, Jimon Hunsu. Wait, Jamie, stop there. I'm sorry. Sorry. Just, sorry. The, the giant actors Matthew McConaughey and, and, and Anne Hathaway, two Oscar winners. Yeah. Who, who started together last in Interstellar, which made a lot of money. Why yeah. have I never heard about this movie? Oh, sorry, well, this, sound, this sounds incredible. This well, sounds get... like it's a certified hit. What kind of genre of film is it, Jamie? Uh, it is a fantasy mystery thriller, Alexander. Of course, Matthew McConaughey's wheelhouse. Do you want a man who is unintelligible, but also deeply mysterious and, 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 and alluring? Well, of course, you cast Matthew McConaughey. Uh, do you want a weird femme fatale angry woman who says daddy a lot well of course you cast that another way um and then you also get academy award nominated actors like diane lane and jason clark and jeremy strong um uh, and jimon hunsu i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his surname correct but people will know him from uh guardians of the galaxy or that one gif uh, of a man saying who uh that is it that is him um what Alexander you classic you... gift classic gift no I've got nothing to say about that classic gift anyway <laughs> you were just uh, tickled by the gift okay so yeah. you you might be right Alexander huge film why would you not have heard of it it's got a budget of 25 million well wow. we don't really we don't really know whether that was the original budget uh because this film dropped all of its marketing four weeks before release uh, because it tested so poorly that the people re- distributing it, uh, Avalon, were basically like, oh, we'd just be pissing money into the wind if we did this. And so just just completely removed all of their marketing budget and did not market it at all. In fact, it was due to originally be released in September 2018, uh, which is around about awards season. Um, uh, or Well, it's, it's when, when, when movies... when. It's not awards. Awards season's like February, but it's a common time when movies that want to get a lot of awards hype uh, come out, either then or literally right before um, the awards. Uh, but then it was pushed back to October, and then it was pushed back to January, which, if you don't know, 
that's where movies go to die. Uh, everyone has spent too much money over Christmas. Everyone, everyone is sad in January. No one really goes to the movies in January. Uh, if a production company moves their film to January, it is not a good sign. Um, and thusly, it made back a, a pitiful $14.4 million on its $25 million budget. Um, reportedly quite pissing off most of the cast and uh, mm-hmm. writers who were told, oh, no, we're going to get you on all of the fucking talk shows, you know breakfast shows we're gonna get you doing massive press junkets uh and then none of that happened Um, also i imagine they were meant to make points on the imagine imagine a decent amount of people were meant to make points on the end and the distributor saying we're not going to market this at all means you financially got fucked like on a a movie which cost 25 million dollars matthew mcconaughey and anne hathaway would have gotten paid decently but they're probably set gonna they're probably looking to go away with it with a bigger cut of revenue and yeah. if there is no marketing, there is no revenue, uh, which would piss me the fuck off too. Yep. Um, Do you know, Jamie? This was directed by one of the creators of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Ah, huh. uh, I actually I should have said that. Uh, to be honest, it, it's directed and written. Uh, you might also think, oh, it, 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 you know, Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway. Uh, it's also written and directed by the guy who created Peaky Blinders, Stephen Wright. Um, there is a lot of talent behind this uh and he is also one of the creators of who wants to be a millionaire but he has plenty of dramatic um uh acumen as well um he also so it, directed uh indie da- well, uh indie darling like critical darling uh lock lock yeah uh, in with, which uh, tom, with tom hardy, hardy plays a man in a car talking to a phone yes uh and so movie. upon uh, upon release this was um critically slated uh to put it mildly uh i had a delightful time reading most of the reviews of this film uh you should go out there and read the reviews of this film they are hilarious uh, it has a 20 percent approval rating on rotten tomatoes and both mcconaughey and anne hathaway uh, were nominated for razzies if you don't know what razzies are they're like the joke oscars uh where they were both nominated for worst actor and worst actress um uh, respectively uh I hate to break it to you, Alexander. Uh, Anne Hathaway was nominated for Worst Actress for this and the next movie, which we are reviewing, which is oh. The Hustle. So, um, 20, 2019, you... not Anne Hathaway's best year, let's be honest. How do you feel about the Razzies? You know, are they, like, because here's my thing. I, I like mean reviews, but I don't know what there is about a mean award show where it goes, you're the worst this... Like, I, I, mean reviews thing are fine. When it's like the worst movies of the year list, I often feel it's like just punching down at that point. Well, that's the thing. I'm fine with it when they're punching up. Um, so in this case, it's McGonagall and Anne Hathaway. They have a lot of star power. They have lots of successful successful movies. I think they should be mocked for making this movie. It sucks. It's yeah, a yeah. bad movie. Yeah. However, having said that, um, I was listening to a podcast uh, with Lauren Lapkiss on it, who was recently in a film with David Spade on Netflix, and she got nominated oh, yeah. for Worst Actress. And she is not a particularly established actress, and she just talked about how that really fucking sucked. Like, it was her first big role in a big movie, uh, and fine, whether whether it was a bad movie or not, she's not an established actress. She's not someone that deserves to be punched. I'm not saying that Anne Hathaway deserves to be punched. I would like wow, to Wow, Jamie. My yeah, statement. come on. Controversial take um, from the host of an Anne um, Hathaway podcast here. But, but I can understand why... I, I, I think it has become too mean-spirited, basically. I think there's plenty of examples of, I think... Um, uh, what's her name? Miscongeniality. Who plays Miss uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, I believe, went and accepted her own Razzie. Accepted it in yeah. good uh, stead. And, you know, 
It's understandable. Big people, big actors. Not for miscongeniality, Jamie. Not it's for miscongeniality. It's not for miscongeniality. Don't, don't slang off miscongeniality. She wasn't nominated for one of her best performances. No, she was, not, she was nominated for something else. But um, I think it's generally fine to attack people who are really big established artists who make a it. bad movie. Like, Let's, this. Yeah. And, and if there is ever a movie, that, in fact, if there is. My one support of the Razzies is. Um, in fact, no, my one uh, criticism of the Razzies is that this film was not nominated for worst film. I, yeah. Like the fact that these two actors, which I mean, in all honesty, they're not the problem with the movie. Um, that And that's that would be my other thing with, um, with the Razzies is especially on performances. They're very rarely actually saying this was the worst performance. It is most of the time mm. this was just a big movie that did badly, and so we're just going to nominate yeah. the two stars in it. Or, or even just um, you know, this is the worst. This is the biggest performance in a bad movie. Yes, because I think I think what what bad movies with good actors I think proves to you is that actually, so like the quality of an actor is uh, very much a uh, you know, it's it's a thing you can measure. Yeah, it's a thing that exists, and I think a great performance in an otherwise mediocre film can elevate the film. So, for instance, I don't love the film The Theory of Everything. I think it feels a bit televisual to me, but I think Eddie Redmayne gives a really good performance in The Theory of Everything, and I think that makes it, you know, it elevates the uh, the, the the film up. But in a bad movie, I genuinely in which there is also bad direction, there is very little. A- actor's performance can do to save that film oh yeah no matthew mcconaughey is literally no one else could play this role that matthew mcconaughey plays in this movie he is the perfect actor for this role the movie just sucks (laughs) it's very bad um and also to be fair to the razzies like they also have uh i can't remember what it's called like a razzie redeemer award or something where someone who previously was nominated or won a razzie makes a good film and they're like hey good on you you made it back up to the top um so i i don't know i think it's the sort of thing that will probably go away it sort of seems like it harkens from a different time um but i i i don't have I mean, we make a podcast where we make fun of people who make bad movies all the time. Now, admittedly, Whoa, we're yeah. not doing it on as large a scale as the Razzies. Yeah. And also, Jamie, as two very, very anxious boys, we repeatedly say in every episode, look, fuck it, we've never made a movie, all right? So well <laughs> Mo- done, you Movies made a movie. is hard, we understand that, yeah. but also do better. <laughs> also, someone paid for this movie, and that someone is me, and the product wasn't necessarily great. So Yes, I'm, uh, I had the option of paying £3.50 to rent this, or £4 to buy it, and I really considered buying it, and now I'm actually quite sad that I didn't, <laughs> because, yeah. I, because this movie is wild. So, before before we get into it, oh, we well. need to, of course, do Six Degrees of Tom Hanks, uh, connecting this film to our erstwhile season one star, Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. Uh, there is an obvious one, Alexander, that I'm assuming you're going to use, but I'm going to take a more interesting route, so I will let you go first. Uh, 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 maybe you go first. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to go for the interesting one, which is uh, Jeremy Strong uh, is in this movie. He is also in The Big Short with Hamish Linklater, and... What film did Hamish Linklater famously star in, Alexander? A, a huge starring turn for Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. It is, of course, Meg Ryan's Ithaca. So that is my route. Jeremy Strong to Hamish Linklater in 
Ithaca with Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. There is a very obvious one using Matthew McConaughey, Alexander. So Matthew McConaughey stars in The Wolf of Wall Street and yep. The Wolf of Wall Street stars Leonardo DiCaprio. I was going to try and go via True Detective. In my head, I was like, okay, True Detective, Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson is in... Uh, I I swear Woody Harrelson's in a movie with him I don't know why Woody Harrelson stars in uh, You've got three billboards You've got the Hunger Games movies No Um, Edge of Seventeen alongside Hayley Steinfeld Hayley Steinfeld stars in I don't know why. why am I going to go from Hayley Steinfeld? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Jamie, yeah, I don't know. Jamie, this, this backpack isn't a parachute. This parachute is a backpack. I can't even, the joke even dies. It's fine. <laughs> okay, you are dead. You are dead on the floor. Woody Harrelson uh, has, has plummeted you to your fate. Um, so let's talk about this movie. We haven't even, we haven't even, even vaguely mentioned what this movie is about at this point. So um, it, let's, let's do the, the big pitch. It's Matthew sure. Mulhane is on a fishing boat. He is a fisherman and Alexander. Have you ever heard or seen any other stories wherein a man is on a boat? Where um, where, where he wants uh, to catch something? The old man of the sea. Not quite. We are, Moby um, Dick. Moby yes, Moby Dick. Dick. If, if This movie has the most... Ha- like, this movie basically has two two movies that it's making i'm not going to spoil what the other one is because we'll get to it uh but one of them is just fucking moby dick and it's so fucking ham-fisted with it and it's infuriating so uh right off the bat matthew gone he's on his boat him and um his uh, co-captain uh they normally take rich tourists out uh fishing uh but there's a big old tuna it's a big tuna. You might have thought it was a shark. It's not. It's a massive fucking tuna. Now, Alexander, are all tunas this big? I don't know. Are tunas... tunas get up to eight feet. So they get, I... they're heavy. They are heavy things. They're like, I think they get up to like 200 something rather kilograms. Um, but they are not this size, which is the size of a small whale. Yes. It is a giant old motherfucking, uh, it's huge. It's insane. And, and they're so close. They're about to get it. They are somehow pulling it in on this one weak-ass fucking fishing rod. Like, it's a professional fishing rod, but there is no fucking way that this fishing rod wouldn't have snapped immediately under the weight of this gargantuan fucking thick boy. Um, They're about to get it, and he gets away. And oh no, he hasn't caught his fish. Everyone is going to talk to him about how he hasn't caught his fish. Uh, He makes it home. Uh, and we learn that uh, Matty Guane is a male prostitute, essentially, wait, 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 in this Jamie, movie. Jamie, Jamie, sorry. I, I, honestly, I don't know why. You said we're going to give the big picture pitch. Yeah, I don't know why. you did. And then you went straight into the plot. And I did not process that fact. Jamie, you've kept me from my favourite thing once again, which of course is to say this film begins as all good films should, <laughs> through the eyes of a child. Okay. All right? We start off on a child's eyes and we zoom in. All the way through their eyes. And then we get to what Jamie said, yes. He pulls a knife on someone. That was a bit weird. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So one of the tourists uh, tries to stop him from catching his tuna and he pulls a knife on someone. Um, he's, he's an angry boy and very sweaty. Um, and there's also a man in a suit uh, who mysteriously tries to walk through the water to reach um, Matthew McConaughey, but doesn't make it. Anyway, uh, he makes it back home. Uh, and yes, Matthew McConaughey is a male prostitute in this movie. Um, functionally, he there is a woman on mm. land who uh, he is fucking regularly uh, for maintenance of the boat or something like that. It's not directly so money, but so she's helping no, him somehow. So it's it's a couple things, right? 
At the moment, the boat is owned by the bank. So, the, so basically, he is paying the, his mortgage, his loan off to the bank. Um, so he was, should be taking kind of tourists out sword fishing uh, so he can help pay off the mortgage. Uh, he's not able to do that. So he goes to her. I believe he's doing it for one, to pay off the loan. And then two, also to buy fuel to actually get the boat out into the sea. Yes. So he can catch um... fish. Uh, this is played by Diane Lane. Was originally supposed to be played by Uma Thurman, but due to quote scheduling conflicts, uh, and if you've ever spoken to anyone inside the industry, if you ever hear the term scheduling conflicts, that means they dropped the fuck out of that movie because they didn't like the movie. Um, so Uma Thurman making the one good choice of anyone in this cast. Um, so yeah, he wants. He has. He's uh, wandering around town. You know, he's on the island of Plymouth. Um, everyone mad. seems to know each other in Plymouth. Um, he goes and meets uh, his vice captain, who is a religious man. He's at the church. Um, he wants to... The religious man basically wants to earn money, and uh, Matthew McConaughey is intent on not earning money. Is, yes, the is religious man's the conflict. like... Yeah, the religious man's like, look... I think I think basically he gets paid a day rate anyway, so he's like, if you can't pay me, I can't do it. So that, that's what he was going to... That's why uh, Matthew McConaughey was going to go prostitute himself. I believe it was to pay this guy's day rate. The guy also wants to get money because I think he has a sick niece or something like that. Yeah. Um. He's like, we gotta, we gotta make stuff, and the guy's like, nah, piss off. Um. At this point, uh, he then goes back home. We also have we missed the fact that we've seen um the guy from uh, uh not concussion, succession. Um, Jer- Jeremy Strong, the man in the suit who was walking through the water. Yes, and he yes. then shows up at some point back on a, a, a bus. Uh, we see him yes. on a bus. He's, he's around. He's being weird. Yeah, he's he's constantly trying to catch up with uh, Matthew McConaughey, but he's mm. seemingly always late. Now, mm. might you mm. think that that would come up later about why he's late? It does not. <laughs> it's no. very important. They make it very clear that he is constantly a few seconds late from catching Matthew McConaughey, but it never pays off. Um there is also a cat. Diane Lane owns a cat. And my favorite review of this movie was um, reading a line, which was something along the lines of, um, uh, she has a cat which constantly shows up. Uh, and the idea that this might become relevant to the plot feels like a threat. <laughs> because yeah. it never fucking does. They all, The cat is always there. Never fucking... Re- uh, well, well, Jamie, Jamie, she does yep. refer to... Uh, she's like, no one else can feed my kitties, but really she's talking about Matthew McConaughey. All right? She doesn't yes. like um, other people feeding her pets. Yeah. Um, he goes out on uh, oh, the boat also, again. Throwing it out there, Matthew McConaughey at some point says, hey, is your son ever coming back in town? He was really good on the boat. Yes. He was good to have on the boat. Yes. Matthew McGonagall goes out the next day looking for the tuna. He does not with... take any rich tourists with him. He goes with his uh, vice captain. Vice captain. Um, and again, it is intent on not earning money. That's very important. Mm. It is a character point of Matthew McGonagall. Yeah. He does not want to earn money. He wants to catch his white tuna. Yeah. She's um, the old man in the sea. Yeah. He uh, goes he back comes to back. the bar. He's like, Fuck no no no! He's like fuck you, dude. You're unlucky because your wife died. And yes. then leaves. And then um, leaves. Which, he goes back to the bar and in walks, in a very weird ooh, shot, ooh, um, Anne ooh. Hathaway. We we get her from behind. She's blonde now. Um, and we get a really weird like whip pan round her head. <laughs> the cinematography yeah. in this film is weird and 
I think deliberately weird for oh. reasons that come up later. Yeah. We actually kind of, at one of the points in one of these weird camera shots, actually predicted the twist, which is bonkers considering the twist. There's a twist coming, guys. Get excited. Um, Anne Hathaway turns up. Yeah, she's a femme fatale. She's blonde. She's uh, clearly his ex-wife. Uh, and she offers... She talks about how she's uh, he, he she says he was right that her new her new man whatever his fucking name is shit. I don't know um is shit he's he's abusive um he is like beating her all the time and it sucks for their son uh, they have a son together and she offers him and Alexander when she said this number I burst out laughing she offers him ten million dollars <laughs> to murder her husband. Ten million dollars, as though as though he were Agent Forty Seven from a Hitman. All right, as though he is one of the assassins from Assassin's Creed. This is a guy with a boat. All right, you would maybe give him ten grand and a bottle of yeah. like you know Bud Light. You know, like he does not need ten ten million dollars. It's ridiculous. Um, but uh, he says no. And for the for for the next wee while, I want to make it clear that we don't understand why Matthew McConaughey does not do this. The film gives us no motivation for this man, other than I guess murder is bad. But he doesn't even say that. He doesn't even say I'm not gonna do this because murder is bad. Yeah. We literally never learn why he doesn't, and it infuriates me. Like. I, I can even I, I think it would be a bad boring justification that he's just not doing it because murder is bad I think it would be more interesting for him to have another justification but the fact that we get no justification he's just like nope not gonna fucking do it because I'm intent on not earning any money um but she's like well he's gonna be in town tomorrow he's gonna fucking be here I'm telling you he's gonna come on your boat and you're gonna fucking kill him and he's like okay cool um, She's like, I want you to kill him so much. Does she have? I think she has a southern accent in this. Not like this. This is a bit of an Alabama accent, but you know, yeah, it's a, it's a light, Alabama, light southern drawl. Um, yes, Maddie McConaughey returns to uh, fucking uh, Diane Lane, and we get one, the the first of many ooh, copious ooh, shots ooh. of Matthew McConaughey's buttocks. If she you wanted to see lots of Matthew McConaughey's butt, this is the movie for you. Because Matthew McConaughey's butt is rife throughout this movie. And considering things we will learn later on, that's really fucking weird. But yeah. uh, we see his butt. Um, he then goes for a swim. He is... Mm-hmm. More butt, more butt, naked. more butt, yeah, more, more butt, but more no butt at a dog. weird angle, like he, like yes. he's a like he's a mermaid. His two ass cheeks <laughs> just, just up, up above him. But this movie is intent on you not seeing Matthew McConaughey's wang, so all of the fucking angles are really yeah, weird. Honestly, that's what because you see him dive in, and I did think would the I can't. I was just thinking as he dives in. When the aerodynamics at least make some amount of jiggle that I can see his dick. <laughs> um, but apparently not. And who does he see in the water? His son. That's weird. It's creepy because he's naked. Yeah, both of them are naked. Again, very weird. Uh, Matt, but Anne Hathaway has uh, mentioned in that we saw, we, saw, we did breeze over two relatively important plot points, which is in that most recent conversation, she has said, A, that the son just locks away himself away in his room on his computer the whole time, and B, that she, him and Matthew McConaughey, his, him and his son, have some sort of connection. She said they seem to have some sort of connection. That does, that does become relevant. Um... Mm. 
And so uh, he wakes up the next day and, ooh, big rich boy man is in town, Mr. Abuser. Um, he's in town with Anne Hathaway now. He's actually turned up early. Um, he is extremely creepy and has a shaky accent. Uh, he's played by Jason Clark. I'm not one to, to be mean to Jason Clark, but he is Australian and he very much dips into an Australian accent every now and then in this movie. Um, we get an extremely creepy scene uh, where he undresses Anne Hathaway um, and he just kind of inspects her. It's really weird. She's like stood up in the middle of the room and he's like peering about and looking at different parts of her body. Um, but, you know, th this movie just really wants you to not like this man. Um Matthew McConaughey goes off. He's going to the tackle, the place where he buys all of his fishing supplies. We meet the woman yeah. who owns the fishing shop. Oh, she's God. a vaguely secondary character who's a little bit weird. Um, she, she, no, 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 she's also like, you know that she, he beats her for an hour and a half. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do learn that. And everyone but starts also, saying, do you know he beats her for an hour and a half? Yes. And yes. So, like, um, okay. Cool. But also, she kind of just drops this information in this, just in the middle of this conversation. She treats this domestic abuse very strangely. She's just talking like, mm. like, oh, hey, you're going on the tackle. Oh, yeah, you're going out fishing today. Oh, by the way, yeah, he beat her for an hour and a half. Oh, so it was a discount on the tackle and the bait that you wanted? Uh, she, she's very flippant about this extremely uh, horrible event. Uh, anyway, rich man is on uh, the boat and Matthew McConaughey's like, I'm not fucking taking you out no, of my he also, boat. So he then takes... Uh... Uh, he then takes the vice captain on as well, and um, the vice captain's brought on the boat as well because he says specifically, uh, "I need, I need you to protect me from temptation or whatever it is. Don't let yeah. me know something, something on those lines." Um, he buys a bunch of because uh, I think the first day the ex-husband comes and is like, "Hey, you're gonna take me on your boat?" And Matthew McConaughey's like, "No, no, I'm not. Because yeah. I'm not gonna do that." And again, we don't get any justification for why. But the rich and man then the guy's like, like, "I'll give you yeah. shitloads of money." So the I guy's like, I'm going to have 10 grand. And so the vice captain shows back up and is like, look, you take a grand. I take two. I need to pay for my niece's surgery. But like, what's wrong with that? So they then do that. The guy gets very drunk. On the boat, the guy mentions that uh, he uh, has a uh, stepson with his wife who he hates. He thinks he's a bit of a freak. His stepson likes making video games. Um, yes. And uh, at some point, he like broke down the door to his stepson's room. And so he's making video games. It's like, what a weirdo. Yeah. Um, I also want to... It, I, there's a very weird bit in this because obviously we've already learned that this man is uh, a rich, alcoholic, physically abusive man. You already really dislike this man. But for some reason, this movie's like, I'm not sure if our audience is going to get it. What if we just made him a pedophile as well? Because he just randomly drops in this conversation that someone in town was like, oh, yeah, there's some guy who oh, says yeah. that you can pay $10 and little uh, girls will let you do whatever you want to them. He, again, just a, I like I guess fine. He's a dickhead. He's gonna do dickhead things. Just an unnecessary added detail. Like we already hated this man. There was no reason to also make him a pedophile. It's yeah, just, just, I, just no reason. It never I comes often, up again. That's my issue. Like unless it's gonna be a plot point. No, unless it's like a character point. I dislike the. I, I dislike the use of like pedophilia as uh just a way to make a character worse yeah um you know what i mean like there are some movies which are incredibly dark and kind of horror films which do like so for example kill list i think there is not even visual but like there is implied there is the implication of some form of pornography which is so horrific that someone gets brutally murdered for it and yeah. which I, is sort of 
I think you kind of in, interfere is child pornography. But like, you know, one, that's a horror movie. And two, you guys brutally murdered. So you're yeah. like, well, that kind of tracks. Yeah, this no, th- this tracks. is just like an added detail of just like, oh, so by the way, don't like him because he's a pedophile. I'm like, no, I already, yeah, I already like disliked him. this man. He was already an odious man. It's fine, yeah. movie. I understand. I'm not. I'm not, I don't, I feel like I'm, we're either defending pedophiles or defending, like, wife abusers, which we're not. We're just saying, you know, they don't have to overlap. Like, they surely do, but, like, you know, um, this is, this is, a like, a, what, a 15 rated movie? I don't yeah. even know. It's a lot of butt cheek. What, what does a butt cheek do to a rating? That, like, a lot of butt one cheek, butt no cheek is PG-13 and two butt cheeks in XR. You know, um, um, I, do, I do believe this was R-rated in the States. I don't know what it was here. 15, yeah, probably. because butt cheek. Um, I would have got for that dick, yes. though. Um, um, so they're out fishing and he they finally catch on to something it is a shark it is a great white shark which is again would immediately snap this uh fucking rod but anyway um the, I didn't the man you were like that familiar with fishing uh, what, what are your fishing interests was that was your biggest catch uh well if you've ever been to my house alexander you will see a very proud photo of me 10 years old holding up a two-foot fish so eat a dick. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to reply to what was your biggest catch you were going to reply Ellen but you know whatever you're no, okay. it's <laughs> cool, so it's forever <laughs> um, uh, so yeah um, the ma- the dickhead man demands to be strapped in get the belt he's going to catch this this great white um, and he almost goes overboard and I, what I find very funny about this is the vice captain is clearly fine with this man dying and he doesn't even know about the millions of yeah. dollars He's just like, no, no, this man probably deserves to die. Um, But um, at this point, he does not. He does not. He manages to escape. And they indeed catch that great white shark. But apparently he's not happy with catching a great white shark. He wants to catch a tuna instead. I want to throw this out, right? They've got a great white shark. It's on the thing. Uh, look, for killing a great white shark, there would be more blood, I feel. Yeah. I feel it's not like with a normal fish where you hit it on the head. You'd probably want, have to get like a chainsaw or just chainsaw. <laughs> like, it's pretty, like, I, I don't know how, basically, like, I know you tire them out, but I don't know how after tiring it out how you kill a great white shark. Do you get yeah. like a machete to stab it in the brain? Like, what, what's the killing process? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. they've also, managed to I, with yeah. seemingly no blood. Um, so they're back in town, uh, and his vice captain basically just goes, oh, yeah, so, um, how much is she offering you to kill that man? And he's like, oh, what the fuck? Why, how do you know that? But everyone knows everything in Plymouth, Alexander. Um, we should also you say- mentioned that it's called Plymouth? Like, yes, you know, I did earlier. It's called, uh, it's, it's called confused. Plymouth. Uh, and the where boat is, is it, called, and knows? the boat is called Serenity. That's the, yeah. the name. Oh, of the boat. and the tuna is called Justice. <laughs> yes, and the tuna is called Justice. Uh, dear Lord, um, we then get a very, very weird scene by itself, and then due to what is you are going to learn in about fifteen minutes' time, is even mm. fucking weirder. But Maddie McConaughey is on his boat late at night uh, with the water just pissing down. Uh, and Anne Hathaway rocks up. Um, she's got a hat on, which has somehow magically protected all of her hair from getting any wet at all, despite the fact it is bucketing it down. So she comes in, still got dry hair. Uh, and she's just like, look, you really got to do it. Oh, I still love you. I've got your ring. Um, I should say at this point that Diane Lane, the woman that uh, Matthew McConaughey is fucking, um, has a view of this boat every single night. It is made very clear that she can see him from there. And ha- and apparently he's just fine with, um, with uh, doing the dirty with Anne Hathaway with his girlfriend, I guess. Not technically girlfriend, but... Um, 
the person he is sleeping with uh, just openly watching. Um, but anyway, yeah, so she's like, look, you got to do it. And also, I love you. Uh, and then a very weird scene happens where oh, yeah. uh, Maddie McGonaghy yeah. starts to uh, undress Anne Hathaway and yeah, sees uh, her, her the scars on her back. And yeah. I don't know about you, Alexander, but I feel like my penis would go immediately soft. It would just, so, it would, it would, it would, it, I would not be thinking about continuing uh, the sexual acts that I was yeah. engaging in. Uh, that, was, that would be quite horrifying. Yeah, and especially because there's no explicit consent, right? Like, I recently was rewatching uh, Basic Instinct, which you haven't seen it, is a very uh, influential 90s thriller in that it was cultural, like a big cultural touchstone. You might know it from the scene where Sharon Stone uncrosses her legs. Uh, or a reference to that uh, in a scene during an interrogation you that might have appeared in The Simpsons once, which is probably how Jamie knows it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah uh, the, but in that, there is a scene where our erstwhile like, anti-hero um, has sex with his uh, ex-girlfriend, except rather than sex, it's, it's pretty much just rape. Like, it's just straight up, like, very violent... He never asks consent. At some point, he says, she says no, she, and but he continues to do it anyway. And then after that, it's never treated as, you, you never see it treated as anything other than sex. Yep. But the scene itself is a rape scene. Um, similarly in this, this is less of a, this is less like that. Like, she never yep. says no, like, she seems to be into it. One, as always, guys, a friendly rem- reminder, ask for consent. Consent is great. Get consent, all right? Don't 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 make me watch movies where people are clearly into it. But two, you know, if your partner's also been sexually and violently physically abused, doubly ask for consent. You know, just, just yeah, make yeah, sure just, everything's yeah, okay. Just really, really double check. Um, just and maybe, make sure just, maybe, okay. even, maybe even she says yes, just still don't. Uh, and, especially, make... and especially yeah. don't do what Matthew McConaughey does, which is start fucking her, then stop and say I win. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fucked up. Maybe if someone has already been treated sexually badly, you don't double down on that happy like you know what? She got to know what she's missing this good dick. That's terrible. That is not okay, Matthew McConaughey. Um, people uh, but... need to like people who clearly just have weird sex lives need to stop making yeah. movies. Um so yeah, they they do that and he basically I think somewhat agrees that yeah, he's going to uh, potentially do it. Um, but only so that he can see his son again. They're going to go, she's, he's going to do it, then he's going to go and see his son, and then he says, and we'll see what happens. And I don't know what he means by that, but okay. Um, he then goes back to his um, house, which we have not we've not mentioned is a shipping container. His house is a shipping yeah, yeah, container. It's, just, it's, just, it's like he lives in Pop Brixton, for anyone who lives in yeah. London, except it's just one of those containers. Um, and Jeremy um, Strong, the man who has been uh, following this man the entire time, but always yeah. slightly late, is at his house. And he's like, oh, I've been following you for a few days. And finally, I had the incredible idea of going to your house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, your boat. I'm a genius. But anyway, he's like, uh, I've got something you're really going to want. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's like, I don't know, you gotta leave me alone, it's 2.30 in the morning. Uh, but he lets him in, and he gives him a whiskey, um, uh, and then tells him to fuck off, but he's like, no, you're gonna want what I have in this briefcase, it's gonna change your life. Opens up the briefcase, it is a fish finder, it's like a scanner to find fish. Matthew McConaughey's like, you're trying to sell me a fucking fish scanner, it's 2.30 in the morning, what the fuck? And this guy starts to be a little bit weird, starts to go, it's part of the rules. Part of the rules. Like, what's, what's that mean? It's the rules of the game. Oh, what? 
What does that mean? Whoa, whoa Jamie, what the fuck? What the I fuck? know. Jamie, what are we the... in Jamie's video game corner? What um, the <laughs> I know. Um, and then, and then Matthew McConaughey like, pushes him up against the wall. He's like, what the fuck? And, it, and, and I think he says specifically, yeah. you shouldn't murder that man. And Matthew McConaughey's like, what the fuck? How do you know that? And he's like, everybody knows everything in Plymouth. Um, and so we, with this, we get sort of cutting back and forth uh, between the sun and and this scene and so dear listeners this entire movie is in the video game that the sun is programming now alexander Mm -hmm. immediately off the bat i would like to call us back to the scene that just happened where the two people had sex in the game programmed by their son their son programmed that sex scene i'm going to reiterate this many times for the rest of this because it is by far my most annoyance with this movie that they have not considered for a fucking second the implications of the entire concept of this movie but anyway yes this we we now are getting a lot more signs that this is a video game for example the next morning Matthew McConaughey wakes up, but it's not his alarm yet. It's not 5 a.m. And so he's trying to get out of bed, but he can't get out of bed until his alarm goes off. What what video game rule does that break? I have no fucking clue. But anyway, it's the it's next so... morning. Um, he jumps in the sea. He's he, mm. he's he Basically, what we get to delve into now is Matthew McConaughey being Matthew McConaughey for, for about 20 minutes. <laughs> he jumps in the sea. He drives to a fucking edge of the road which is like the fucking cornfield in interstellar yeah. and he starts talking about oh you want me to do this okay this is my oh. destiny so, i'm gonna do but this specific he's specifically told by the rules that his original programming is that he has to catch this big fish yes all right that's that's his that's his game his game within the game is like his mini game is he's got to catch this big fish that, that's his directive and he the, the rules is like it's been changed now your directive is to murder this kid's dad <laughs> Yes, like and everyone and everyone else is like, no, no, you should remain in Sega Bass Fishing from 1997, no, please. No, that's the thing. Not everyone. So, because some of them are like, he's beating her, so that some of the programming has changed. But then, of course, shows back up. You might have remember him mentioned from the beginning of this podcast. That's right, the son of the woman he's prostituting himself to. Mm. Also weird that the kid yes. made him prostitute himself for money. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, uh, yeah, yeah. No, again, weird. again, Alexander. I was going to come to this. This film has not considered for a second the implications of what is going on which is that this kid programmed a movie where his dad is a gigolo it's really (laughs) fucking weird uh we should also say at this point uh that it's also made clear that um oh oh no we we forgot an entire like a really important line which is on the boat with the rich dickhead stepdad he says that he's his stepson once said he asked him why is he always playing that fishing game and his stepson said uh if i wasn't playing this i'd be finding a way to kill you uh and so yeah do you not yeah. remember that <laughs> Um, yeah, so yes, like, around this time with the like cutbacks. Some premeditation there, Jamie. Yeah, that yeah. sounds pretty yeah. premeditated. Uh, so it, it becomes clear in some of these cutbacks that we are seeing back that um, that real life situation of the stepdad is, is going on real. in the real world, um, and this playing the video game is him sort of yeah. trying to decide about maybe doing things. Anyway, the son turns yeah. up and he's like, "Hey, 
hey, you wanted to me to get on the boat, right? Because I'm going to get on the boat. Because you need to, you need to catch that fish, right? You're not going to do anything else, are you? Everyone knows everything in Plymouth. And he's like, no, you shouldn't come on my boat. I got to do something. I, I got to do a little something real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He goes back into town. Say, yeah, there are there are things I like about some of that crap where it's like, oh, clearly there are wind conditions here, right? It's like. For instance, he mentions how he fished better when the kid was on the boat. Like, it's like a, it's a thing in the game. Like, you know, this companion is better than this companion when it comes to, like, yes. your odd of winning. Um, you oh, th- I should also say at this point that the other, so earlier I was talking about this movie being um, uh, 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 a big whale movie, whatever that is. Um, big whale movie? Do you mean Moby Dick? Book. Do you mean Moby the Dick, book that's Moby the Dick? I'm sure there's a movie version. Anyway, uh, and I said that there was another movie that this is, uh, and it's fucking Truman Show. This movie is also the Truman Show, and like, I'm not saying or the Matrix that, or like, uh, yeah, a little bit of Matrix. I, it it feels very strongly Truman Show to me, and I I'm not saying that you can't have multiple. Like, there are loads of different time travel movies, but I feel like these explicit context content of the Truman Show has been done. Like that concept, I I just feel like it's been done. I feel like Jamie, you can't you, you do it say, again. You say that, Jamie, but yet Groundhog Day is remade uh, at an increasing rate every year, and that's fine. I, again, I I think there are concepts that you can explore in different ways. Sure, For but, me, the Truman Show, they've done it. Like, it's done. So the, the the Truman Show, I think. So I think you're restricting it here. And like the Truman Show concept is. Um, sort of like is a subgenre of the reality you live in is a false reality yeah. genre. So that's that's things like uh the Matrix, that's things like uh the Lego movie, for instance, <laughs> falls into that category. That's fair. Uh, Vanilla I... Sky does. And it's the Truman Show is like a so this is this feels like that because McC- Matthew McConaughey is our, our only point of view character. Whereas in the Matrix yeah. we have more point of view. Yes. You know, we have all these other so, people who break. So free. maybe I'm being, maybe I'm just being harsh on. I'm not being harsh on. I, maybe I no, should no, no, just no, be criticizing film. this movie for being too much like the Truman Show. Um, so he's going back. At, <laughs> so, I love. I really appreciate that you keep going. You're just like fuck it. Everything is taken from the fucking Truman Show. <laughs> <laughs> Matrix stealing from the Truman Show. Like every, not even like a J. Oh man, I love that so much. You're just being like, you know, uh, I I really love miscongeniality, but I just feel like it's stealing from some like it hot you know like i mean just come it's, on like how many more fucking it's like that and hooch stealing from the first dog movie uh, it's like sure that tweet which is man who has only seen <laughs> boss baby in the cinema man really getting some boss baby vibes from this that's just me with the truman show um anyway he goes back into town and he's trying to find out where the the seams of this reality are yeah um so he goes back in town he meets his um uh, fishing supplier woman uh and she's like oh yeah i heard that man offered you a um uh a a fish searcher fish scanner uh and he's like how did you know about that and she's like ha, you should catch that fish right you're just gonna catch the fish um he also calls up the like the man the the man who offered him the fish scanner he calls up their like head offices um uh and just says uh give a message to that man he's like oh, well when he can need your name he's gonna know who i am tell him i say thank you uh and so he is um deciding to go and kill uh this man however before he does it we get a very creepy scene wherein uh we see anne hathaway waking up and what's that there's there's blood on the other pillow oh no what's happened 
And she follows the blood and she goes to the bathroom and there's her husband slumped on the floor. We cut. It is the captain, Matthew McConaughey, talking to his vice captain who explains that he used his $2,000 to pay six men to break his hand. Now, firstly, don't think it needs six men. Secondly, uh, his, his reasoning is that I know you were going to kill him and I'm a religious man. I don't believe that's good. So instead, I paid six men $2,000, which I was going to give to my niece for her surgery yeah. to beat up a man instead. That's where my morals lie. Um, but yeah, so he's like, I'm trying to save you from yourself. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is angry. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, Anne Hathaway is putting on her bunny boiler femme fatale uh, uh, voice going, oh, daddy, daddy, no, you've got to go catch the tuna, daddy. Daddy, aren't you going to catch the big tuna for me? Because you know I picked Fine, a more daddy. impressive fish. That, like, no, don't get me wrong. A tuna's big. I get that. But, but they've caught a think shark. Of tuna, but when you think of tuna, you think of a tuna fish sandwich, all right? And yeah. you think... You know, like little little shredded tuna, like tin tuna. What you don't think of is giant fish. Every time yeah. someone's like, "You're gonna catch that tuna for Yeah, it, it, it just sounds. It doesn't dumb. sound impressive, even if it is. Um, I don't know, yeah. Jamie. I'm not a boat person. We need, to, <laughs> we, need to, we need to call in a boat person to tell us whether or not tuna are scary to boat people. Um. Anyway, uh, Maddie McGonagall runs to the edge of the island for some reason, mm. uh, and uh, the man in the suit who decided to sell him the fishing scanner is there. Um. And they have a conversation. What is this conversation? I was I was very much tuning out slash mocking oh, this. At this I, point. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. We've actually skipped a part where I accidentally fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> but I had it described to me by Alyssa. Uh, but yes, I was back awake for this point. He basically says, "Oh, you know what the creator wants, so yes. I will help you. The rules have changed, and so therefore I must help you in this." Yes. Um, so he yeah he says you got you got to go kill that man. So but you got 15 minutes. So buck the fuck up, boy. So he drives back. Uh, Anne Hathaway has managed to get her husband uh, drunk before 12 o'clock in the morning while having been beaten up by six men. This man is th- this man is nothing if not persistent as an alcoholic. Um, oh, yeah. And she's managed to get him down to the dock. Um, yeah. uh, at this point, the cat turns up again. Again, it's like a threat. This movie is daring me yeah. to be worried that this cat's going to die or something. And it never fucking comes to fruition. Nothing fucking happens. Um but anyway, uh, he managed to get the uh, the guy on the boat. Um, him and Anne Hathaway, they go out to sea, uh, and they're they're prepping. He's 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 in the king's chair, getting ready. They're going to catch uh, a fish. He's going to be connected to the rod. He's going to get pulled off. But then, who turns up, Alexander? Who is stowed away on the boat? It, that was a question. Was it? Do you not remember? Has, oh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway's in the boat. No, no. The no, she's the, already on the boat. No, the kid. Uh, the son. No. The kid. The, the son of... Um, do you not remember this? Uh, Jesus Christ, Alexander. Um, so uh, the, the guy who we talked about earlier, who he, Matthew McConaughey had said, oh, that kid yeah. really, was really useful on the boat. Yes, yeah, yeah, he he rocked up, you, tried do, to distract, tried yeah, to distract was... Matthew McConaughey yesterday. Didn't work, but this time he stowed yes. away. He was like, I just thought you'd need my help because, you know, you're yeah. going to catch that tuna, that right, fish, right, sir? You're going to catch that tuna. Yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey basically goes, hey, kid, look over there. <laughs> just sends him somewhere else on the boat. Be like, ah, oh, don't look. Um, uh, they he then manages to catch the tuna. The tuna latches on, and he's like, "Oh shit! Oh baby, we've got to catch this tuna, baby. Let's go!" And Anne Hathaway's like, "What the fuck? You can catch this tuna right now? What the fuck? We're doing something." And he's like, "No, I'm gonna let my tuna go, and it's going to kill this man. Uh, justice is finally going to take him." He literally says that. Um, mm. 
Uh, I we also skipped over my favorite line in this movie, which is as he's trying to discover what's going on in the town. At some point, he goes, "Hey, you know how uh, everybody in uh, Plymouth knows everybody? Well, what if nobody knows anything?" Holy shit! And Graham. and only Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey could pull off that bollocks of a line. Um. Anyway, so he's like, "Yeah, no, don't worry, Anne Hathaway. I'm gonna do do the job." Um, he shouts up. He's so he goes, drunk. By this point, the guy is so drunk, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do with him. They yes, could have just bopped yes, him on the head a, and drowned yes, him. but there's a witness, Alexander. That's why they have to go through it's this. It's a video game. Jamie, the moment <laughs> with you is a video game in hostile stakes. It's fine. It's a video game. What's yes. going to do? Get a five-star rating? He's on the boat too. Kill him as well. No one gives a shit. Yes, but Alexander, that would require... What, what you've just done is uh, think about the concept of this movie more than anyone who created it. Um, yeah. So, yes, they, they need... a. Uh, an alibi so uh, they connect him up meanwhile we are getting uh cutting back and forth to the son uh who now has a knife uh he has he has got a knife he's uh, contemplating um and they strap him in to the fishing rod mm. uh he Matthew like gives himself an out by shouting up going uh the paying customer has requested that i strap him in which obviously even if he's requesting it i shouldn't do because it's a very bad alibi but anyway um straps him in yep. they go into the uh like inside part of the uh boat and he gets mm. pulled off uh matthew mcgonaghy screams um man overboard and we also get a shot of the kid leaving the room with the knife um additionally matthew mcgonaghy does then go uh, <laughs> patrick which is his son's name but i really want to know obviously he's a fake man he's a video game man so yeah. it doesn't matter but i want the experience of the other kid who's just seen a captain let a man go overboard like seen a man die and then just screamed patrick, patrick. <laughs> it's a very weird reaction and it's so fantastic. we cut to a uh, new segment uh, or a voiceover yeah. in a new segment. Oh, um, for God's sake! This is this is. Yes. My, okay. So we so learn. Yeah. We, by we the way, this this the extra this extra yeah. uh, twist also we also predicted that in our watch, which Honestly, is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, um. So so literally, what happens? He pans out. We go back to the real world. Uh. uh this just in. Uh. Bad uh, construction worker. He's not. Turns out to not be a mafia boss. Uh, and bad husband. Uh, murdered by stepson who likes making video games. That's right, was killed by the stepson. Stepson claims it was self-defense, uh, despite the fact there's a lot of evidence of like premeditated Pre-meditation. murder. But sure, like I don't think I, I, look I, abuse isn't good, but nor is murder. I'm not saying that self-defense isn't a thing, but it was premeditated. And all I'm saying is this is a weird conclusion to this game. He then gets off scot free. All right. Also, specifically, this kid, his dad died in the Iraq War. Got a yes, purple heart. Yes, we. Yes, and we very specifically predicted. Oh, do we reckon he died in Iraq? We got the country right, <laughs> which is bonkers. So yes, Matthew McConaughey has actually been dead the whole time, and this kid, this kid has been making the fishing Jamie, game to reconnect with his dad. Yes, I do want to mention. I know you're very proud of that. They do mention earlier in the film that he did serve in the Iraq War. So I feel like oh, that's maybe, less of oh, a maybe that's why. See, I didn't make seen. that prediction the other person did maybe that's where they got a rock from i wasn't paying attention (laughs) at that point um also i wait uh we uh let's finish it no i want to before we finish the plot we did completely skip the worst detail in this movie which is at some point we see the sun (laughs) looking at a picture of himself and his dad and he turns it over and it says on the back me and dad comma back then (laughs) what what who would write that 
Yeah, well, I guess this kid is a murderer, so I guess he's pretty weird. Um, so, yes, we learn uh, all of that about the real world. Uh, then the video game is still going on, apparently. Manny McConaughey's in there. Oh, but, um, yeah, you know, it's just it's just running away. Yes, uh, it, uh, he's saying sure. bye to Anne Hathaway, who actually just disappears. He then picks up the phone, and he's on the phone to his son. Now, I would like mm. to find out your... Your, what you think the this ending means, Alexander? Because he's talking to his son, and his son's like, "Hey, I'm gonna come see you." Uh, then Matthew McConaughey uh, like walks somewhere else in the town. We get a weird pixelation of like everything changing, um, yeah. and then the sun turns up, and they hug, and that's the end of the movie. Listen, Alexander, that's... do you get yeah. the implication that this kid killed himself? No, because it's not because yeah, we we were discussing this. Because Matthew McConaughey is dead, but my other people thought it meant yeah. that the kid killed himself. I thought it meant that the kid just programmed himself in the video I, game. I, yeah, I think it's that. I th- like, I think it's that as well. Okay, good. I, I'm I glad we're in agreement. It, yeah. Um. I. So. So for me, at least, like the ending is like, like. Okay. I. I got some. Okay, we're going to the talking about the movie section of the podcast. I need. There's some. There's some issues with some of this stuff. One. Who does the player play as? What? No. 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 Before we even get to that. Before we even get to that. We see a brief segment of this game, all right? Throughout the film, there are some uh, brief clips uh, intersped between the kind of Matthew McConaughey stuff of the child playing the game. And it's mentioned that of this game he makes, the thing he likes doing best is fishing. And we see a brief clip of him doing fishing in what looks like a Minecraft light. So, yeah. thing. Like, it's worse graphics than Minecraft, whatever. Um, that's fine. Okay. I, 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 you know, I respect that. There's nothing wrong with the fishing game, Jamie. So, that implies, potentially, that he was playing as his dad. Yes. But then two, then why would his dad be gaining sentience? And why wouldn't... It seems like a sim. Because yes. it seems like a simulation game. Yes. Because there's an island and everyone's doing this stuff. Except there's mentioned to be rules. And there's mentioned to be like quests and stuff. So who does the player play as? Because we never have any reference to the player. There is no player in this game. Which means it's a simulation game. And the player is God. Except we know that the player isn't God. So how is this running? And like I am so confused about what type of game it's meant to be. That you can both play it and also not play it. This brings me to exactly what I wanted. To, I've already re- referenced it. And this is a thing that's broader that I hate about a lot of movies. I, I talk about this in other moments in movies where like a thing will happen and then you analyze, well, what would that mean if that were the reality in that world? And it's movies that like, so for example, in Colossal, mm. we talk, I talked about how, um, uh, what's his Why? face? J- Jason Sudeikis, like, mass murders like thousands of people and they don't really engage with the implications of that and it really annoys me where movies will make quite bold decisions but they do not think for a second the implications of their actions so for example they just had the concept of kid makes video game about his son but they have not thought about the realities of that at all for example what you're saying what is the video game but on top of that you have created a reality where this yeah. child, this 13-year-old child, has programmed his dad's butt multiple mm. times. Yeah. His mum, like, for some reason in his escapism from his domestic abuse situation, he is also programming his mum being domestic abused. He's programming him and yeah. his his parents fucking, and then his dad stopping and saying, I win. Like, there's... There's so many, weird, like, the fact that that is the reality, that, like, yeah. is so fucking weird, but it's, the movie hasn't thought about that for so, a fucking second. So 
here's my thing, right? At least in Colossal, so I, I, I you know, we, we've talked about Colossal to death, but at least in Colossal, my thing with Jason Sudeikis thing is that it motivates Anne Hathaway's behavior later on, where she's like, "Holy fucking shit, you're a fucking dude, you're evil," yeah. right? It doesn't. It, you're correct. It doesn't examine the world ramifications of yeah. a robot showing up and killing thousands of people. Yeah. But in in is used emotionally to emotionally yeah, yeah. further it, it, the plot. It, it, ser- it serves a plot purpose. It serves a plot point whether or not it's necessarily examined. So like for example, I would say in um in Colossal that you wouldn't necessarily describe it as a plot hole so much as just underdeveloped for you. Yeah, right? no, like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not claiming that. Whereas it's a plot and hole. normally I I don't normally I don't care about plot holes because actually if it just is an important thing emotionally or even narratively to move you to the next step I think that's a fine reason to skim over stuff right when yeah. people insist that in the Dark Knight Rises how do or how does he get back from the pit the answer is because he's fucking Batman alright it's fine he's Batman that's how he gets back it's not a plot hole how he gets back he's Batman it's fine he just, he, Batman can get back wherever he needs to go yeah but but in this for instance there are so many things that like the the if your narrative is held up by certain tent poles, right? There are you know in let's take the Dark Knight Rises. The tent poles are his bat. You know Batman is Batman. All right, Bane is a bad guy who's basically the anti Batman. Okay, uh, Batman loses the ability, all his money. Uh, sure, uh, Batman has his back broken. Okay, but he gets better because of a magical pit. Cool, and because of the magic, he is able to come back and fight Bane and wins. Cool. Those are the tent poles of that film, roughly. Yeah. In this, at the beginning, it's hey, here's Matthew McConaughey. He's a fisherman. He wants to get a fish. His ex-wife shows up and is like, "Kill my husband." Okay. Cool. Let's. They have sex at some point. There's some other stuff in there. The next tent pole is this is all a video game. Yeah. And then you go. So do any of the tent poles in the first half of the movie matter? No. No. Nope. But do they, even more than that. Do they make any sense if it's a video game? Like, does it make sense? Like, who is the player? They're just like, there is, by do, putting that big flat, you know, pole in, it makes you have to look back at the rest of the tent and wonder, is this even a tent? Does this make any sense in this shape? Like, do, does it hold up? Because who the, what, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's lack of, what it really is, is the plot's lack of interest in the child's character makes the rest of the movie incomprehensible. Because if they spent any more time with, like, even just, like... And this sounds dumb, right? But even if you just had said... You put in some kind of uh, flashback sequences... And it's a slightly younger kid... And he's talking about his dream game to his dad, right? Yeah. And he explains in, like, one piece of dialogue... Like, yeah, it's gonna be, like... You're gonna go around the world... And, like, you know, you do stuff... And, like, you know, I could, like... You, like either you'd be in the game or there's a there's a character in the game who likes to fish and the dad's like oh it's kind of like me and he's like yeah it's kind of like you dad all that kind of stuff would make it would 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 solve all of this problem because you would know what the you know whatever but sure let's say whatever you don't care about video games and this kid is just making the matrix because yeah. it's explicitly stated oh, yeah. in the movie that, that's not the other sentient. thing yeah this this kid is a genius if this yeah. if this kid has created this video game, this kid is a certified fucking savant yeah. that but, he has created this video game. But it's also and the the most the single most confusing thing about this game, the, this movie and the game, I guess, is that the rules character sp- explicitly says, "Hey, we're not real. We don't have sentience. Right? We're just we're just the consequence of this programming." Yeah. And I guess maybe that's meant to invite some philosophical questions. For example, how do we know we have sentience? Does our existence, you know, d- does the fact that we are bound by like rules of society and stuff like that, like 
you know, is is every, you know all these kind of you know how how much free will do we have, and if we are just driven by the kind of consequences of other things, all that kind of crap, could be some interesting philosophical questions. But the movie literally never either asks those well enough or asks them at all. And so, whereas another movie like, for instance, The Matrix talks about free will, whereas a movie like um, The Truman Show, obviously the, the kind of first thing to ever, you know, question the reality in which uh, someone lives, um, you know, does that and kind of talks about, you know, what if the entire world is, you know, what if, what if you feel like the world around you is fake and that everyone is kind of um, using and you're kind of, you're sort of trapped in this sort of life, asks interesting philosophical questions all right, and you know, there's a hey. If you're in a universe with a god, how much free will can you have? Can you only get free will by breaking outside the boundaries by which uh, have been preordained by you in this kind of system by this god? Like, is that how you gain personhood because you stop being a product and you move out? Sure, whatever. Great films, brilliant philosophical questions. There are no philosophical questions in this movie at no. all. No, no, other than just the ones innately which you ask because you're like, well, how the fuck does any of this work? I, I I believe there is one very important question that I would say that this film poses for me, which is um, why did this child to decide to make his dad a male prostitute? That is a very important question to me, and it is one that will never be answered, and therefore I believe it is the greatest philosophical question of our time. That is true. Um, so right. let's let's move on to some rankings. So we Jamie, when we talk, before yeah. we move on to rankings, I do have a I do have a friend's thoughts. Oh, okay. Uh, so one second. So I've got Jamie. Jamie. Yes. Right. I have a friend's thoughts. Sorry. Yes, of course. Friends thoughts for people who right. don't know. Of course, this is our segment. Friends thoughts. If you listen to this show, you are our friend. If you send us any sort of message, that is your thought. Uh, and when we say friends thoughts, you of course do a double horizontal dab, as we of call course. it, uh, on the friends and then and on the thoughts. thoughts. Now, importantly, uh, this is me uh, getting told off last week, uh, but okay. I thought it'd be important to put it in now. Uh, from from the friend of the show, Bennett Bonsey, replying, uh, Al, I'm not happy, Al. You can't hear about Washington crossing the Delaware. So this is in reference to uh, in uh, Ocean's Eight. There is, of course, the scene in the Met where Washington crossing the Delaware gets stolen and replaced with another thing. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, world yeah. world famous criminal Banksy. Uh, famous yeah. thing that he does is steal important paintings. Sure. Uh, crossing the Delaware and just randomly go, oh, which indigenous group were they attacking? I, I think I offhandedly and glibly maybe said that. Because I wasn't sure what Washington was crossing the Delaware for. I want to make that very clear. I'm, I didn't know why he was crossing the Delaware. I mean, I I've seen Hamilton, so I'm going to take a wild guess, but please No, finish. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that would have been the correct thing to go. As Ben replies, it was the British. It was the American Revolution. They were fighting the British. And at that point, everything that had happened in American minority groups, including violence against Native Americans and the triangle slave trade, was established by major European powers. Take an America's sweetheart on a score of minus six. That is true. <laughs> I would like to also say, one, Washington does afterwards continue policies against Native Americans, and two, beforehand, was a general, although complicated history, with uh, indigenous groups in America. I was making a bad glib joke. I look. I am all for reparations and giving land back to uh, like First Nations and kind of uh, indigenous groups in North America. Uh, yeah, I, I take a minus. This six was an extremely weird time in the show. Why? Why did you think this was the oh, time in the show know, for honestly, this? Honestly, because I didn't know where later in the show it could go. So the horse. You weren't sure you were going to get it in. Yes. Okay. So I, when I we was, talk about I was glib, uh, and you know that glibness has, uh, you know, I I apologize for that. Uh, you know, Washington, 
complicated history, all right? You know? But specifically bad in that painting, ways. he was fighting the British. Ways. He owned slaves. Just, you know, uh, was British until he wasn't. Just saying. Anyway. But, you know. In this fucking podcast, we rate uh, things on uh, three different numerical scales. We rate the film out of five, Anne Hathaway's performance out of five, and the America's Sweetheart Tometer. How much America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film? And then, of course, we have Anne's Mans, the rating list of Anne Hathaway's love interests. Um... So yeah, let's talk about this movie. Uh, well, we, we've already talked about it. Let's sum up my thoughts on this movie. Um, the, the thing that will piss me off the most is the thing that annoys me about many uh, film creatives, uh, which is when they don't consider the implications of, of the realities that they create. Um, the twist is dumb. There's nothing, there's no other way of putting it. It's extremely just stupid. It's a bad twist that doesn't really make sense. Um, and... Despite all that, I had a great fucking time watching this because I was watching it with four other people. I'm not going to give it a high score. However, I do think it is a movie people should watch because it is fucking ridiculous. It is worth it for its absurdity. Get some pals together. We've talked about this bit uh, before. There are many movies like this. Get some pals together. Have a few drinks or be extremely hungover. Um, and and it's quite a good time. Having said that, this movie is a fucking... Oh God, what's the lowest I've given? I gave Havoc a zero and that was more, more infuriating. Mm. Um, I'm going to give yeah, it a Havoc, point one. Havoc is, Havoc is genuinely offensive. Yes, I'm going to give it a zero point one. Uh, so it sits uh, just above Havoc and just below uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass. I genuinely think, I, I don't think this is the worst made movie uh, no, that it's, we've it's... seen because that would be Don Quixote. But in terms yeah. of just pure concept, mm. and in fact, I'll even say, I think this is the worst script. I think this is the worst script uh, no, that we have. Don Quixote has a worse script. Don Quixote uh, is the worst. Don Quixote is the worst movie I have ever seen. That is Don true. Piotti, I did give it a minus. Five. This is that's my issue. This has, I think, as you said, right. This has uh, both like serviceable. It's serviceable, like you know, the cinematography fine, weird at times, but fine. Weird, like, weird, and yes. So when we referred to that weird shot, I think yeah. what they're going for is a like video game camera control thing. Um, yeah. It doesn't read very well, but there's a couple other times where it happens, yeah. um, and that's what twigged us to to guessing that he was in a video sure. game. Uh, so, so you know, that's serviceable, and the performances. You know that they are good performers, whether or not they're doing the the direction was good, or whether or not they're doing something which makes like then no one ever makes illogical sense for the world for I think what they've been told to do. Yeah. Whereas Don Quixote had, and the script is bad. Don't get me wrong. I think the script is probably worse than the script for Havoc, although Havoc has a lot of other problems. But um, I think the script is still better than Don Quixote, which is enough, largely unintelligible. Enough. I yeah, I I guess I'm just I guess it's just generous to say that Don Quixote had a script, so that's, that's why true. I'm saying that this is the worst yeah, script. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Someone tried here, uh, so you know <laughs> yeah. that's, their, that's their own fault. Sorry, guys, you should have just uh, just improved. Yeah, I I, I think we can just sort of years. much much like um, uh, Lawrence Fox sitting at the bottom of our Anne's Man's mm. list. We can just kind of separate out Don Quixote as its own category. It's barely even a fucking movie. Mm, like, yeah. it's I, I, it's, it is unfair to compare any other bad movies to it uh, because yeah. it makes them seem so much better by comparison. That's true. So can I ask you a question? What did I give uh, Passengers? What did Which you for me passengers? is the closest thing that we have to this movie in the... You gave, pa- you gave Passengers a two, actually. 
Okay. So I, I can tell you, you've given zeros to Havoc and Don Piote, and mm-hmm. you've given ones to uh, Family Guy, Bride Wars, weirdly, um, oh, and The Other Side of Heaven. Ooh, that's interesting. Because I prefer this to everything those but Passengers. Um, so Passengers, I maintain, of the Anne Hathaway back catalogue, has a... is dumb as balls, right? Yeah. But one... The twist is in keeping with the rest of the movie. Yes, yeah, so there's a that. twist, but it kind of makes sense and it doesn't change the tone of things. And as weird as it is, it sort of makes sense retrospectively. Like it kind of works. Yeah. Uh, and two, it's at Vancouver, so obviously that's great. Um, do you know that apparently uh, the government of uh, so like the governor of was the governor of Mauritius? I think like the local leader of Mauritius. Oh yes, like, I did see this. Got- a bunch of money to like fund this movie. Yes, um, yes, I did is- see that. Deeply depressing. Uh, and yes, um, it was. Uh, it was Mauritius. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I... So, so for me, it's like... It's very similar to that, that range of like, so bad it's good. Um, I just prefer uh, Passengers because I think actually like Passengers is both a little worse made than this, but the script is a little bit better while still being nonsensical. And it being in the thriller category makes it... The twist even more funny. Whereas this kind of twists into... The twist here makes it everything just kind of pointless. Um, which is sad. Um, but no, I so I, I give it a two. Uh, I would... I think, as with Jamie, I think it's a lot of fun. I think have a couple drinks, watch with a couple friends, uh, and you will enjoy it. Uh, for it being completely balmy. We have ruined all of it for you. Uh, if you oh, no, it's still fully worth watching. It's fucking bonkers. Or you, you, or you could get the delightful experience of grabbing a few friends who have not listened to this podcast and, then, yeah, uh, and then watching it with them and then also getting them to download this podcast, of course. So what do you think about Anne Hathaway's performance? So it's not good, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's her fault that it's mm-hmm. not good, but I don't, like it um I, there was there was a quote from the guardian uh which was something along the lines of uh, mcconaughey and hathaway share a mesmerizing anti-chemistry not only implausible as lovers but also as occupants of the same universe um which i think sort of rings true but that's not really her fault either because matthew mcconaughey is always like that no one acting alongside matthew mcconaughey seems normal uh because Matthew McConaughey's fucking weird. Um, yeah. But, so I I don't think a lot of the things that I have issues with are her fault. I also didn't want to just hear her say daddy over and over again. But no, I, I can't like criticize her daddy. for the script being bad. I can't criticize her for the direction being bad. No. But I can criticize her for choosing to do this movie. Yeah, because we've talked about this before. I, don't un- I do not understand how you can read this fucking script and not go, what the fuck? No, I'm not doing that fucking movie. So while I know that Anne Hathaway is a better actress than, than this movie portrays her, and while the issues with this movie are not laid solely on her shoulder, mm. it is her fault that she is involved yeah. in this. Anne Hathaway made Anne Hathaway's made like six movies in the last three years. She's getting a lot of work. She did not need to make this. No, um, I. Yeah. But even then, like they're not like. <sighs> it's interesting because for a little bit, it like colossal sort of felt like someone going, "No, I want to make a interesting movie again," right? Like there was, and Hathaway like goes through these weird oscillations between 
hey, I'm going to do uh, Brookback Mountain, and I'm going to even make even Havoc, which is terrible, but at least it's someone trying something kind of weird to break out, and okay, I'm going to do that again, but I'm going to do it with a really big blockbuster film, I'm going to do Les Mis, I'm going to do uh, The Dark Knight, I'm going to do Interstellar, that kind of thing, working with interesting directors, you know, in roles which are varying degrees of interesting, but like, you know, good films, certainly, and then okay, I'm back into kind of dross, um, and, oh, but I'm going to make Colossal, which is kind of an indie movie. And I'm like, okay, like, I struggle to know what motivates Anne Hathaway's decision-making when it comes to these films. Because... Uh, well, I, I, like can, she... I can tell you uh, directly um, that she said she wanted to do this movie uh, because um, it, she was attracted to playing the character because she, the character puts up a mask and is defined by the male gaze and that often she is not asked to play these sorts of characters. So she thought it was a different Obje- kind of character. Objectified characters? Okay, like... Yeah. Like, sure, like... But she played fucking Catwoman, who, like, you know, is, is less objective uh, whatever. But, like, I just... Uh, the answer has to be, uh, depressingly, money, right? Like, she's offered good money for it. Yeah, I That's mean, maybe she, she wanted to work with Matthew McConaughey again. Maybe they enjoyed working together on Interstellar, and maybe she, maybe she thought, oh, the guy who created Peaky Blinders and and directed that good uh, good little indie darling, sure, surely sure. it must be good. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe, maybe it's it's but just kind of case of just I, the people I, working I, I just, for it. Like, I really I really don't understand. I don't understand but she how this screen got this script got greenlit at all. I really no, don't. But, I don't understand how this script got made. Uh, I I. I mean, I, my only assumption is basically the fact that, like, one thirty percent of the cost got covered by Mauritius. Really sorry, Mauritius <laughs> got fucked over there. Um, two, I just think that, uh, you know, he had enough smallish... It was, it's not an expensive movie. $25 million, it's not expensive. It's not indie, but it's, it's not a big budget movie. So my guess is the guy had, you know, and coming out of a bunch of indie movies, had enough clout. It's not with a big studio, so, you know... I sure 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 it's it's fine you know it is what it is um look alexander I, I'd, i'm just gonna i'll give her a, yeah. i'm gonna give her a one i just in terms of choice like this is a bad choice yeah. actually the performance isn't isn't right but like i just i just want Anne hathaway to do like it sounds harsh but like Anne hathaway is a really good actress who i just wish had a better backlog of these movies and yeah. i understand that like Hey, if you want to be a working actress, hey, there are a lot of shit roles. So the honest answer is, I assume it's like, okay, well, she's working, she's doing the stuff. Like, you know, it's whether the roles come up enough, and she has enough good movies. But I just think she is a very talented actress who I wish was in more better films. Yeah, having seen no, at this point, what, I agree. forty of her movies. Um, I'm going to give her a zero point eight, but uh, we haven't considered Alexander. The real reason maybe she wanted to do this movie is that she would get to see Matthew McConaughey's butt a load of times. And, you know, if that isn't the most wholesome reason to do it. She was standing off screen watching Matthew (laughs) McConaughey's butt. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey's butt. Matthew McConaughey being extremely wet for most of this movie. Wow, okay, Jamie. He is just soaking wet for like 90% of this movie. Um, The man man is shameless. Anyway... um, and on to the America's Sweetheart on to how much America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film. It's not a strong one. Um, we obviously have talked about that uh, America likes money. Uh, America mm-hmm. likes winners. Uh, this movie yeah. flopped. 
Uh, yeah. So I'm going to say... America also, uh, as we learned, Jamie, likes attacking the English. Okay, I've learned that, <laughs> that today from our friends' faults. <laughs> if you're British, um, uh, and apparently also there were some Germans there, who knew? They do like attacking you. Uh, I'm going to go for a 1.2. How about you? Well, you know, on the one hand, uh, America likes murder. All right. True. It's true. America likes attacking people who were in the Commonwealth, and the guy who plays the abusive husband is Australian. Yep, so, and, and he will let you know that a couple of yeah, times. <laughs> so in a, in a way, they are attacking someone from the Commonwealth because of that. So that's an extra point. Uh, Anne Hathaway plays someone from the South, and America likes the South, except for the parts that don't like the South, but there's a lot of people in the South, so you know that's an extra bonus point. And America likes blondes. We haven't had a blonde Anne Hathaway before. So all in all, this is, of course, five out of five on the uh, America's Sweetheart Officer. Wow. Wow, that is bold. That is bold. Uh, just while we are uh, on uh, the uh, Jason Clark, uh, I've been dropping in um, review quotes uh, throughout because I like a lot of the reviews. Um, and uh, one of the other ones I really liked was, uh, the abusive husband is played by Jason Clark, who heard about subtlety once and was like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, uh, finally, before we decide whether we are going to stash away this film, uh, we, of course, have the Anne's Man's list. And we've got two to add on this week. We've, Mm -hmm. of course, got a shitty parody of an abusive um, husband. uh, And then you've got fucking mumbling Matthew McConaughey. My my favourite decision they make in this movie is they have Matthew McConaughey fucking garbling his way through this movie most of the time. And then at some points they decide... "Mm, Matthew was too intelligible. We should stick a cigarette in his mouth and have him talk through the cigarette. And it becomes nigh on unlistenable. Um, so I think the the shitty boy is going to be easy. Uh, obviously, down at the bottom of my list, uh, I have all the animals. Um, so, uh, of course, Bruno Mars in Rio 2, Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg again in Rio and Rio 2, and the Baron from The Cat Returns. So he's going to have to come above that. Um... And, of course, above Lawrence Fox, uh, who will always remain at the bottom. Um, But just above the animals at the moment, I've got the faux gangster from Havoc. And while the Mm -hmm. faux gangster, you know, he was a bit of a a, a messed up teen, as it were. Um, I I, I can't say he was physically or emotionally abusive in any way. He was just, you know, a bit of a dickhead who fell in with the wrong crowd. So if, if we're talking about the abusive husband here, this is here's my interesting thing. Obviously, what we didn't include in our list was the rapist from uh, that is true. From Havoc. That Although is we did true. create a separate list just for Jason Sudeikis because he's more like. So this is this is an interesting question. One, do we have to put the rapist on the barred for life section, or do we just not? I, I think we just don't include him at all. He's that's, one, it's, that's it's, a decent it's, shout. That's a decent shout. If nothing else, because. <laughs> Because while I enjoy keeping my animals at the bottom of the list, because of course Anne Hathaway shouldn't date an animal, um, it does feel weird to put a rapist abuser above the cat baron from the cat returns. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I agree. He doesn't deserve to go on the Anne's man's list. He is not going on. Um, so he, here's my question. So so this so we we have uh, we didn't we did put the rapist guy from Havoc nowhere on the list. Yeah. Um, we have separately a barred for life list, which includes only Jason Sudeikis. I because think I think Jason more... Jason Sudeikis deserves his his own murderous hole. Um, he gets his and own no murderous hole list, and no one else goes on it. So we're just yeah. keeping no, keeping agree. this but boy also away. Because I I think Jason Sudeikis is more clearly a romantic interest. 
Yeah. Uh, which turns out to be shitty, but he's not so shitty that I don't want him anywhere near any no, list. Precisely. Which precisely. both the abusive husband on this definitely fits into, uh, as does the rapist in Havoc. So, um, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I'll let you go first, Alexander. Um, Matthew McConaughey. I mean, the question is, of course, where does Matthew McConaughey come elsewhere on the list? And right now he's at a number four for me on, as Cooper from Interstellar. All right. Um, um, we, we should. I, 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 not to insult, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey's butt looks great in this movie. Um, oh, but true. I think I think true. he's he's moving away a little bit from from sexy heartthrob Matthew McConaughey. Maybe it's just the, he's the still sort of, pretty fucking sexy in this. Journey. He is still pretty fucking sexy. Butt. It's he a lot of still... butt. We didn't get any butt in Interstellar. Yeah. Not to objectify the guy, but there's a lot of butt. I didn't even notice his butt. Maybe he had a butt double. Maybe we should give it to Matthew McConaughey. No, no, no. The, in those swimming there's scenes, just... we can see his face at the same time. Jamie, there's a little thing called CGI, right? They CGI'd his face and his dick off. They've done it on sort of his butt. Okay, where's where's he? Where's is he? Is he cracking I... the top ten? Is he cracking the top ten? But can I separate him out from his butt? Can I... Okay. Yes. Yes. Actually, right. I will That's let you put Matthew cool. McConaughey's butt Thank you very much. There. Okay. So of course, of course, he in this, which is just uh, the old the man in the tuna. Uh, he comes in. in um, okay. Oh, interesting. He comes in at number nineteen, which is above Johnny Flynn from Song One. Uh, one sec. Uh, but below Jack Nasty from Brookback Mountain. Um, so uh, that this is from uh, Serenity. Uh, however, Matthew McConaughey's butt obviously comes in at number four, pushing <laughs> Cooper down to number five. And Matthew Batman McConaughey's butt five. pushes Matthew McConaughey down. Yeah. <laughs> he is better separated. Um, Alexander, you have fallen into my trap. Oh no! Because you have not put the real Matthew McConaughey in your oh, list shit. you have put the video game version whereas the real Matthew McConaughey is a war hero Alexander he died fighting for his country and he is going at number one what? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw that out there Jamie he's dead so for me you know he's going, like the real Matthew McConaughey gets to go in at like shit he's dead though so he's a pretty bad partner <laughs> Like not to be rude, he really was good, but as a, as an active love interest, he's dead. So I guess he goes like above the awful people. So he can go above Ghost Wilson. Uh, no, he goes below Ghost Wilson, number thirty six, uh, which is dead. Matthew McConaughey. Um. Okay, so <laughs> Matthew any war hero uh, from this movie. I forgot what the fuck's this movie called. Serenity. Um, he's going in at number one. Video game Matthew McConaughey is an interesting question. Um. <laughs> Sorry, there's an interesting question. This alcoholic, like, obsessed <laughs> I, with a tuna I, fish. I, I don't think he's expressed. He does a little bit of drinking. He does I don't a lot of drinking. He repeatedly I, just I think drinks. I think that's a normal amount of drinking for a fisherman. I think that's just how much fishermen drink. Um, that doesn't firstly, mean they're not alcoholics. Firstly, he is clearly laying down good pipe. Diane Lane is willing to pay him for his piping duties. He must be pretty good at it. Secondly, one might argue that uh, Matthew McConaughey mumbles quite a lot and it makes it quite difficult to understand him. However, I see that as a positive because most of the things he say is fucking insane. So not being able to hear him is probably a good thing. Um, so I'm, he, he's also, of course, video game programmed by his son that the, the, the butt that the, the son has carved in polygons is a very good butt. 
And I am not separating those things. But it, of course, puts him in the sexy part of our list. We have discussed this. Our our man's list gets separated by people who are attractive and people who are not because we are horrible people. Um, So he's coming in. I don't. I don't want Matthew. I don't want him in there twice in the top ten. So he's going to come in at eleventh, just below the Rock from Get Smart, but just above the Best Man from Rachel Getting Married. Oh, um, Jake is still at my number ten, um, which is interesting. I want. Like, there's some of these things which I kind of regret. I regret Jimmy being in at number nine. All right, maybe Jimmy is <laughs> going a little bit lower. I don't know. Um, yeah, Dead Matthew McConaughey for me is uh, below Ghost Wilson, but above Mr. Collins for Becoming Jane. <laughs> Um, nice. It's, um, it's to be fair, we I I, I have um, uh, drug dealing Jake from Love and Other Drugs down as sexy butt Jake. So clearly, mm. men's butts gives you a, mm. a high tail up to the top ten for me. Um, What's your top five look like currently? So my top five, of course, Matthew McConaughey, War Hero from Serenity, yeah. number one. Uh, Hugh Dancy from uh, Ella Enchanted, number two. James McAvoy from Becoming Jane. Uh, apparently, if you're really fucking sexy, I just give you your real name. All of yeah, my yeah. top five are real name. As we get lower, we start to get some silly names. Uh, we then got Chris Pine from Princess Diaries at number four. And then we've got Channing Tatum from Don John in at number five. What's your top five at the moment? My top five looks like uh, Hugh Eats People, Ella Enchanted at number one, Bart Simpson at number two, The Best Chris, <laughs> Princess Diaries 2, Matthew McConaughey's Butt at number four, and Cooper from Interstellar and at number five. Your your list is certifiably in-fucking-sane. <laughs> um, goodness gracious. I don't have... Do I not have Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar on here? I what? don't have. Oh him no! Yet. But I, I think you didn't believe he was love interest. Oh yes, I didn't believe. Oh yeah, I didn't because be- he's not. Because he's fucking not. Okay. Anyway, right. um, that is us. so we come so to are the you most. Are in your? Are you going to put this in your blanks bank or not, Jamie? Is this going to stash away? I, I, I thank you. I beg you to ask the real question. Am I going to stash away this film? Um, I strongly considered it. I'll be honest. It's a very bad film, but I had a very good time watching it. Um. But uh, I, I do not believe that this film will galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens. Um, it might just galvanize them into a nice little nap. That is true. So, uh, true. Alexander, are you going to stash away this film? Well, like, here's the problem. I've already established that, like, Colossal has to be in there so we can build Kaiju to fight the aliens. And we do have Kaiju. Just so everyone knows, a little update. The Kaiju are getting built. Uh, it's going to be pretty fucking impressive. All right, we've got big robots and big, big monsters to attack them. All good. Uh, because of that, I feel also saying that we're actually in a video game uh, would be a step too far. Like, if I was trying to persuade people, like, hey, it doesn't matter because nothing's real. That's not that's not motivating. That's shit. So no. it doesn't go in. It doesn't go in. So, Jamie, what's going in for you this week? What are you going to stash uh, Well, no, just I want to discuss the kaiju uh, a little bit further because I believe a couple yeah. of weeks ago we discussed what the kaiju was and I have forgotten. <laughs> it was it was something. Was it? Oh, it was um the wasn't it the woodsman from Hoodwinked? Oh yeah, it's just a country version of the woodsman. It's me- we went so- for the most important film Anne Hathaway's ever been in, Hoodwinked, and so we are building a massive robot version of um uh who voices that Patrick well, Warburton, right? Yeah, yeah, that, and then also we got to have a robot in there, so I'm building Mecha Bart Simpson. Uh, which is just like Mecha Godzilla, but Bart Simpson just in giant robot form. It's oh great. Jesus! Um, so, so, so those what, are gonna help. Yeah, what- what am I going to present this week uh, instead of uh, Serenity? I haven't thought about this. I, I can go instead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, give me, give me so a second look, to think. 
Despite uh, his tendency to point out the fact that the British too uh, did colonialism uh, uh, and specifically the Revolutionary War was necessarily uh, about stealing land from uh, indigenous peoples. Uh, uh, I, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I hadn't seen a mate for two, give or take two years, uh, like one year and eight months, give or take, uh, save for uh, some lovely D&D sessions and uh, my weekly uh, Zoom session with Jamie. Uh, and uh, the borders between Canada and America finally opened and I was able to see Bennett Bonsey. Uh, and uh, Ben came up uh, to see me and it was utterly lovely and a really, really wonderful weekend and uh, I cannot thank him enough. So for uh, services uh, to Friendship, uh, I will of course be putting Bennett Bonsey uh, in the... Um, Bennett, I want to make it clear to you uh, that while it may seem like... Oh, it's been quite a few weeks since that happened. Al's only doing this now because he ran out of things to put in his blanks bag. That is untrue. He has just put the last three things in his uh, Hathaway stash away. So this has been his first opportunity to present something that isn't the film. Um, fuck, I had an idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to present. I'm going to hold it up for you on the camera, Alexander. My clothes steamer. I recently Ooh. bought a clothes steamer because I hate ironing things and I yeah. fucking love it. It's great. Oh, it's good. Yeah, so good. It's uh, it's so much easier than using an iron. It doesn't make an iron. It doesn't make it like iron crisp. But I don't have to use a, a an ironing board. Just hold up the shirt, go, and you know, I I just I don't even need to do it after my. I just do it if I'm going out. I don't ooh, iron nice. any of my clothes anymore. I'm just like, ooh. hey, if I'm going out and I want to wear that shirt, ooh, just pop on the steamer. Ooh, <laughs> fancy boy. Oh, and I'm crisp. Um, and that's what I did last night for my housewarming. Um, and so, yes, I'm going to present uh, my handheld Russell Hobbs clothes steamer. Um, so that is us uh, for this week uh, and our review of Serenity. Uh, you can join us next week to uh, review the uh, other film for which Anne Hathaway got nominated for a Razzie in 2019, uh, The Hustle, uh, with her and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, no, Rebel Wilson, uh, her and Rebel Wilson. Um, so get excited because I'm sure oh, it's going to yeah. be as terrible as this week. Um, uh, but in the meantime, Alexander, what can our dear uh, listeners do between now and next week? Guys, you can go download an episode, uh, Ocean's 8, obviously a fun one to start with if you haven't listened to it yet. You can go back and listen to other ones. For example, Devil Wears Prada, right? Why not have a re-listen to that? Why not go back and re-listen to your favourite uh, episode of Hank's Bank? Uh, your favourite Tom Hanks episode? Uh, you know, how much longer do we have with Tom Hanks left? I don't know. His son, I, I, I fear, might give him coronavirus again. So, you know, uh, not, of course, the, the did best you see, son, but... Did you see that Chet, uh, not Chet Hanks, who's the other son? What's his name? Colin Hanks was interviewed yeah. this week and was asked, uh, so what are your opinions on um, Chet. Chet Hanks uh, <laughs> saying that he's not going to get the vaccine? And he just very diplomatically went, well, uh, that's just one person's opinion. <laughs> it's like ah you are the son of thomas jeffrey hanks yeah um, uh, what i i appreciate that colin hanks uh knows his typecasting and that's uh when people need tom hanks light uh and you know he's there <laughs> for it so like a lot of respect i like colin hanks jet hangers get vaccinated you prick everyone go get vaccinated that's the actual advice end of the episode get vaccinated all right i care about <laughs> nothing else get your bloody vaccines oh yeah so uh, you, get you them, know get them. You know how um, I think you suggested to me that I, because I caught coronavirus yes, due to it. having a, a budget vaccine because <laughs> uh, I was on the trial. Again? 
Have you no, 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 no. But I was supposed to get my vaccine today and then I Googled and I'm not allowed to because I have to wait for a month until after I've recovered from COVID. So uh, I am planning on getting uh, a another vaccine that is not a trial vaccine that might that might not work might because been... I caught coronavirus. Um, uh, were you certain it wasn't the placebo? Like, did they tell yes. you you didn't get the placebo? Okay, yes, there was right. no placebo on this uh, trial. They were comparing it with AstraZeneca. So there was no placebo, right. but I know that I didn't get AstraZeneca because I'm not allowed because I'm under 30. Oh. For for uh, for not too much longer. Oh Jesus! Let's not think about that too much. So from me, Jamie, and my co-host Al, that's one more ep in the bank. That was a good episode, Daddy. Fuck you. Did that's, you no. like it, Daddy? Nope. No, I'm stopping. Does it make you feel uncomfortable no. when I say <laughs> Daddy? Yes, yes, yes. It does. Yes, it does. Please stop. Blank spank. 